0: Good morning, church. Uh, I want to start by just reminding everybody uh, if you need something, you let us know, you contact us. We don't want to look at you folks <laughs> who are tired of this We Please ask and let us know what you need. We hope that that will happen sometime soon because uh, it won't be long. Right, right now we talk about this being a difficult time in our nation, and it is, but it hasn't gotten very personal yet. But we're starting to see see it very much so that we're really we really are in the coming weeks going to be stressed by this because we're going to hear about more people having it, and we're going to hear about people that we know perhaps, or somebody who knows somebody who dies from this. So that's, that's when the difficult, real difficulty is going to come right now. We're just stuck in our home and we're acting like it's uh we're, we're under some great tribulation yeah, being stuck in your home is not the tribulation. It's when, when people start being hurt by this virus. So please be careful, please. We don't want anything. who becomes a, a victim of, of one of the devil's viruses. So uh, so anyhow, let us know if you need something. Today is the last in a series of three from uh, Exodus chapter 19 and really verses 1 through 6, but we've been focusing on verses 4 through 6 as we think about what God was telling the the sons of Israel, the people of Israel, uh, really, he was giving them purpose. He was, it was just this, this message is really at the heart of who Israel is and who they were to be. And, and it translates in a wonderful and powerful way to us also. So I hope uh, that as we finish this up today, that that you will be compelled to consider these verses and how they how they impact you. So the lesson is called, You Shall Be to Me. And part of the, the thought is, is that the great reward of obeying, just as we talked about last week, the great reward of obeying and keeping the covenant that God has given to us is not that we'll receive something wonderful. It's not that we'll have something. God's going to bless us with something that's tangible and we get to hold on to. But the reward is that we get to be something wonderful. So it's not about receiving something, it's not about having something, it's about being something, and this is the great and wonderful promise of God. It's the reward that we have for hearing Him, obeying Him, keeping the covenant that we have made with Him. So previously, I highlighted in verses 4 and 5 that God told the Israelites that you have seen what I did for you. God did this wonderful work, and it proves His care. It proves his compassion and his love for the people he heard them when they were crying out, and he 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 brought them to himself. God did all of this wonderful work for his people, okay and then last week we considered now and now, if you obey, considering what you witnessed, what God has done for you, Israelites, now if you hear my voice and if you keep my covenant. Then you will be my treasured possession. You know, so it's a wonder. God brought us, he brought the Israelites out to Himself out in the wilderness. He brought them to Him. He wants them. He wants to make them His treasured possession. He wants them to be special to Him, His prize, His own. But it requires them to keep the covenant covenant it can only god God's only going to make you his treasured possession if you keep the covenant that's what he told him and now we move on to the very next verse, verse number sixteen, so you can follow along on the outline if you want to uh, This is real simple, very to the point at this point right now I think I say simple it's It really was a a challenging thought to me as I, I got to this point about kingdom of priests. So that's what we're building up to. Verse number six of Exodus 19. It says, and you shall be. Here's part of the, just such a simple concept is that not, God doesn't say to them, you shall have, or I will give you this. He says, this is a reward, you shall be. The reward is not to get something, but to be something. To be something wonderful. Uh, to be something means that this nation was going to have purpose. They were going to have meaning. They were going to have something to guide them through difficult times and through the wilderness. They they were going to be something. Something special. And then the next words, we're going to continue to add words to this. And you shall be to me this is God talking to them you shall be to me it doesn't he doesn't just say you shall be and then whatever it is he's going to say they'll be he's saying you're going to be to me this is important this special purpose uh allow, is going to serve God uh, it's and and this I always I struggle as Jerry and I talked about this when I struggled with this one how do how do I convey what I hear this word to me. You shall be to me. It's that there's going to be a special purpose that they're going to serve for God. It's that they have an important role to play for God, for his behalf, to bring glory to his name. It is an important purpose, the all-important purpose. So they are going to be something for God, to God. And so many people are lost in this life, and they don't know, you know, what, what is the purpose? And probably in this this day and time, people are really wondering, is there to be a about life itself in the midst of our current distress is that, you know, what's the purpose? Why am I even here? And God says, you shall be, he was telling these Israelites, you shall be to me. You're going to be something special for me. And let's keep adding the words then, and it continues to add more meaning. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests. Now, just think for a second. um, At this point in time, the only priest who's been introduced in the Bible is Melchizedek. Um, He was a priest of the Most High God. Uh, And it's, you know, Well, the first question should come to you is, well, what is a priest? Um, And perhaps, These people were aware of, you know, they were aware of Abraham meeting up with Melchizedek, and Melchizedek was a priest. Perhaps they were aware of kind of what a priest was in the, I'm sure, the Egyptians serving their gods. They probably had priests and stuff. And the priest was the one who would go to God on behalf of the people. The priest was an intermediary. Intermediary. He would be the the go-to-between. He was an intercessor. So a priest had a very, very important role. He was the intermediary between men and God. He helped men be represented before God. He helped make them right to God. So a priest was a very unique position, a very important position. And as you think about this, they were called to be a kingdom of priest. This is before God has even told them Aaron's going to be the priest. He hasn't said that yet. So now he's telling them even before Aaron is chosen as the high priest and all the priests after him are going to be, all, all of his bloodline will be priests after him, even before he sets that up, he tells them, to the Israelites, you're going to be a kingdom of priests. Now in my mind, I, that you start well. What what did they hear? What did God intend to to tell them when He was saying that? It's um, it doesn't seem to indicate that He was going to say you're going to be a kingdom that has some priest in it to represent uh, the people to to me. It seems that He means that you're going to be a kingdom of priests. All of you are going to be priests. Now I I I think I understand. And I, I don't know everything about this. I don't have all the answers, but this seems to me to occur in two ways. Number one is that every person in that uh, nation was going to have the opportunity and the ability to go to God in prayer, to pray directly to him. There's, there's a certain sense where they could do sacrifices, just like uh, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob had brought sacrifices to God. Maybe they could do that on some level. I don't know. Um, but they, they were going to be a kingdom of priests. They were going to have some access to God without going through somebody else. Uh, I think that's probably true on some level. I don't You know, it's a, it'd be an interesting discussion to have. But I, to me, I hear this other piece of it is that you're going to be a kingdom of priests. Now, if, they're, if they were all going to be priests, that means that they were, because a priest always represented somebody else. They represent, when a, like when a priest would go into the, the temple, he would not only be sacrificing for his sins, but he would also sacrifice for the sins of pe- of the people. So the, the idea of a priest is that you're representing not only yourself, but someone else. And I think the idea that is here, and I think the New Testament is going to bear this out as we get there in a little bit, is that the kingdom of priests means that they were, going to represent God and bring other nations, other peoples, to God. So this is kind of an interesting, difficult concept that I really s- struggled with, and I, I think it bears true, and it's, and it's a helpful concept to understand. So back on the outline, it says, a priest was be to be the intermediary between men and God. The sons of Israel were to be a kingdom of priests. Therefore, they were to be a nation that was to be an intermediary between other nations and God. They were supposed to help bring other peoples, other, the heathens, the Gentiles. They were going to, God was saying, you're going to bring others to me. Okay, so consider the previous verse in Exodus chapter 19, verse number, number five. Um, in that passage, I've uh, got to flip back there real quick. In that passage, um, God had said, now, now then, if you will hear my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my treasured possession among all the peoples. Hear that? Among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine. And I hear in there that he's kind of, that he's starting to say that, you know, all people on earth, they're all mine. You're going to be my treasured people among all those people. So, but he's already hinting that, and he's given this allusion to, but there are other people besides you, and I want you to be a kingdom of priests to them. So I think it fits this idea of a kingdom of priests to bring other nations in. It fits even in the context with the previous verse. But if you consider also Genesis 12, 3, the call that God gave to Abraham, that initial call, leave, I'm going to bless you, and you'll, you'll be a blessing. And he, he says in that passage, as you look at Genesis 12, 3, he says, and through you, all peoples on earth will be blessed. God is, he's letting people know up front, the mission is, is not just for you to receive my blessings. The, the mission is for you to be blessed, and then for you to invite other people to come and be blessed also. They were to be, God's nation that he was going to build was to be a kingdom of priests and represent others and bring others, make others right with God. Um, John 3.16, Jesus, you know, he makes it clear that for God so loved the world. God wanted to save all the world, all peoples that he gave his only begotten son. So, It has always been, you know, from the day of the fall, when things went awry in the Garden of Eden, it's always been God's project to save everyone. And he has chosen, and this is the mission of Israel, is that you are the chosen one so that through you, you can be a nation of priests to other people. You can bring other people in. Um, I asked the question then, was Israel in the Old Covenant, were they successful in doing that? At first, I was like, "No, they were never successful at bringing others in." Uh, but then, I we we thought we we got some ideas. Well, Rahab she ended up being saved when they got to Jericho. She came; she became a child of Israel. She was a prostitute, but then she saved uh, saved the two spies, and and she ends up in the bloodline of Jesus. So she was one person, uh, and I think maybe the first person outside of the nation of Israel who then becomes a part of the nation, part of God's chosen people, and is going to be saved. We're going to see her someday. Um, And let's see, as you go through, the other big one that I thought of was Jonah. Jonah went to the wicked nation of Nineveh, that wicked city. He did not even want to go there. He despised them so much. But he went, and he preached, and he was you know, the people heard his message. He represented them to God. and They they repented. Um, and for a time, it seems like they were pleasing to God. Uh, I don't know what, I, I, I can't say that they were necessarily going to be saved, but they had a representative from God come to them, and then they got right with God in some way for a time. Um, so that was Jonah. Jonah. Um, also, you think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were thrown into the furnace um, because their God was not to be recognized as the one true God. They needed to bow down uh, before the king. But when they were spared from the fire, then the king says, let it be known their, their God is the one true God. So the name of God was exalted. It was, it was declared even among the heathen, the ones who were not of the chosen people. Um, and also the same thing happened with Daniel. Daniel became, uh, he, he, was, he was exalted to a high position within that foreign kingdom and he brought glory and honor to God. And uh, you know, some people uh, learned about the one true God through him. Um, Esther was a similar story. And during the, uh, during their deportation to another nation um, and Esther was one who brought about glory to God, even in the midst of uh, a time when they were about to be persecuted. Uh, So it seems that there are some cases where you can kind of make the case where people were coming to God through the nation of Israel. Uh, Israel was evangelizing in a sense. Um, So it's real interesting to see, you know, this idea of them being a kingdom of priests, were they successful? In some small ways, I think they were. They were trying to bring people, make them right with God. It happened. Um, So anyhow, that's the idea of the kingdom of priests. It's kind of a strange concept to me, kind of looking at it from a new way. Um, But I think it fits. They were called to be a kingdom of priests. They were to be a nation that was to be an intermediary bringing other nations closer to God. Okay, now let's go ahead and look at the last, um, the last piece of this uh, passage in chapter Exodus 19.6. After saying, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, and you shall be, um, and, and then he adds, and a holy nation. The idea of holy means to be set apart, um, set apart from anything that contaminates so set apart from any any sin anything that is contrary to to God's law and he was God was very clear about what he expected in that law that old testament law that he was about to give we understand very much the idea of holiness being set apart when um, when you after, after you eat a meal there are dishes that are dirty and you put them in the sink you don't put them back in the, uh, I, I, maybe most of us don't do this, but you don't put them, the dirty dishes back into the cupboard, right? You take the dishes, you put them in the sink, they don't go back into the cupboard until they've been cleansed. So we understand the difference between clean and unclean. When most of us, I mean, this is the smarter way to put this, when most of us have dirty clothes, we throw them into the basket until they get washed. And then after they are washed, then they go back into our dressers and in chest of drawers and such to be with the clean clothes again. We understand the difference between clean and unclean. The clean things are to be set apart from the unclean things. It's a very simple process, you know, thought. And in this day and age, when we think of a virus going around, we understand the difference between something that is to be set apart from things that might be contaminated. So we would not want to eat, touch anything that might have been contaminated with the coronavirus. We avoid it. It's not clean. It's not safe. This is what God is talking about, to be a holy nation. These people were to be set apart, very different. They're not going to be mixed in with the other nations doing what they were doing. They were to follow the law, be set apart. They were to be clean and not get contaminated with unclean stuff. That's what it means to be set apart. So this nation, they've been called to a high purpose. If they're going to achieve this high purpose, they have got to stay clean. They have to be holy. So you think about this verse, and you hear the calling of what he's given to them, and it's a reward, because when they're able to serve their purpose, this is the greatest joy that anyone can have in life, is to be who you are called to be and to achieve what you're called to achieve. He says, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So now we can, that's the thought, that's the passage, the background for Exodus 19, verse number six. And now we get to the us part. The kingdom of priests, I would contend, was never really complete until the Kingdom of Jesus Christ, so that thought that I was giving you about the the idea of them being a kingdom of priests to be an intermediator intermediary for other nations was never complete until god's people come along jesus's people come along the church let's go to first Peter chapter one uh, verses one and two. first of all, I want to read these first verses because I really believe that this book written by Peter, Peter dealt with the Jews uh, predominantly. He wasn't an apostle who was going out all over the place like Paul was, preaching and bringing in Gentiles. I think this letter is written to a lot of the Jews who have been scattered in in many different areas, and that's what we're reading about in chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens, scattered, throughout Pontus, and this idea is res- residing as aliens, that's, that's Jewish language. They were aliens often. They were they were strangers. Even when they were in Egypt, they were aliens there. They didn't belong there. So to those who were, reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood may grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure uh, all through this book it's language that's that's taking taken from the old covenant the idea of sprinkled by blood that's an old testament concept he's talking to them with a jewish jewish language of course peter was a jew he was a christian who he was a jew who converted to christianity started following jesus um So this this is very much written, I think this entire book is written, to Jews. Verses 17 through 19 now, still of chapter 1. If you address as father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your exile. Knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold, from the feud, your feudal way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with the precious blood, as of a lamb blemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. So, here again is more language um, that reminds that makes you think he is talking to Jewish people. It's very much a, some Old Testament language there, uh, fitting with what we uh, would expect of Peter talking to Jews scattered throughout the nations. Chapter two, verses four through eight, and if you're not in 1 Peter yet, I hope you'll turn there, or maybe look there later and really consider this this concept. I'm going to read all of uh, verses four through eight of chapter two, and I hope you'll hear in here the idea of okay, the the Jewish people, there some of them rejected Jesus, um, but you need to be a part of the ones who believe because you're going to be you are going to be priests. You're going to be built up into a a temple. You're going to be a priest, a royal priesthood for the nations. He's calling them back to the purpose of what was established by God in Exodus 19. Verses 4 through 8 of 1 Peter 2. And coming to him as to a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. but for those who disbelieve, see the comparison between those those who believe versus those who disbelieved. For those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected has become the very cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word and to this they were appointed. Peter's reminding people that, hey, as, as the Jewish nation, some people were going to believe in Jesus. Some people were going to be rejecting him. They're the ones who put him to death. He was a stone of stumbling. They put Jesus to death. Now, verse 9, he's going to come back to the people who are to believe. And he's going to invite them to fulfill what was, they were called to do in Exodus 19. He says, But you are a chosen race a royal priesthood, or a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, his treasured possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy." Perhaps there's a call even within this this message here about who they were called to be and you know it's you know, for you for you Jews who have become Christians, who are believers, he's saying, You're the ones who are gonna fulfill what was what happened long ago. God called us to be a, a kingdom of priests. You're gonna you as the believers in Jesus are going to fulfill that. You are that kingdom. And then verses 11 uh, through 12, uh, there you can read that, that they would were, they were be a kingdom of priests and that their, their holiness, their being set apart is going to allow them to declare God's praises among the heathens. And um, I know I'm getting short on time. But I am out of time. So read that and consider that. And you see throughout all of uh, this chapter, chapter 2 of, of First Peter, It harkens back to Exodus 19, when they were called to be a kingdom of priests. And they really never did it, but it happens. After Jesus was crucified, the church came, the believers are the ones who are the kingdom of priests. And he's talking to these people who have been scattered, the Jews who are scattered throughout the nations. And he's saying, right where you're at, now that's where you need to be a priest to the Gentiles. You know, you need you can you can reach out to them so that um, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify de- God in the day of visitation. Because of you, they're going to be able to be ready. They're going to be able to glorify God um, on the day that Jesus Christ returns. Uh, and so the neat thing about that, I think he's talking a lot to the Jews, saying you're going to be, you are the kingdom of priests. Now be the priest. You're the ones that were, for, we're prophesied about. Promised to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, they were you, you were the ones who were fulfilling what was promised in by God in Exodus chapter nineteen, um, verse number six. You'll be a kingdom of priests. As believing Gentiles come to Jesus, we also become a part of that kingdom. We get grafted in, the language of Romans. We become a part of the kingdom, and. That makes God's words in Exodus 19, verses 4 through 6, then ring true for us. We become a part of the kingdom of God. We become God's people. We become his treasured possession. And as you think about the words, I'm going to read those again from the, the concepts from Exodus 19. As we think about what Jesus did for us, as we are witnesses of what Christ has done, we really need to consider how we're going to respond. And so as you think about Jesus being the one who took your sins upon the cross and he, he paid the great price, he died for you so that you could be saved, um, is that, you know, as you think about him experiencing an eternity's worth of hell to cover your sins and to cover my sins, we think about what Jesus has done for us, and then we read this again. We think about the concepts in Exodus 19. It's so important for us. We got to respond. We can't just hear it and say, okay, that's nice, I believe, and go on our way. We cannot. Verse 4 of Exodus 19, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and, what I, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. God has done great things for us. We need to consider it. Now then, and here is the this is where it gets personally, decision time is what we said last week. Now then, if you hear, will hear my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my treasured possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, and a holy nation. What are you going to do with what Jesus has done for you? He wants you to be something, and there's great reward. There's great, pl- you know, there, there there's joy, and nowhere else. But permanent joy is in is in Jesus Christ and being what He wants you to be. So, if there's anybody out there today, you haven't, you know, this is we, we've got to consider every day whether it's in we're in crisis mode or whether it's everyday life. We have got to be in the mode of deciding that we are priests. We are to represent other people before God and bring them to God and help them get right with God. That is our role, and we can be that. And there's, it's a great reward. It's a great joy. God lets us in on the action that he's been all about through all, all of, all of the, um, all the existence of this world. So give your life to him, serve him, do that. And if there's anybody who hasn't given your life to Christ Jesus, today's the day. Today you can you can call me, you can text me, can get a hold of me later, or somebody else in the church. Get right with God and, and become what he wants you to be. And it does require commitment. It does require you to hear him and obey all that he commands, but it's a great and wonderful joy to be a part of, well, just to have God in your life and to do what he wants you to do and to be for him what he wants you to be. So if there's anybody who needs to respond, you can call me now, you can call me later, um, but please respond as we, as we sing this song together.